Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked on Lakers for Monday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Lots to cover today. The Clippers broke ground on their new arena on Friday. Uh, many memes came out of that one. Uh, lots of Lakers fans making jokes. Lots of NBA fans making jokes. But really, what does that arena do to the relationship between the two teams in L.A.? We'll talk about that. Plus, Kareem has launched a Substack and had some interesting things to say about Mark Stein. All that coming up on Locked on Lakers. You are Locked On Lakers, your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Lakers for Monday. want to let you know that you can start your week with the latest NBA news and game recaps on the Locked On NBA podcast. Josh Lloyd, host of the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, takes you around the NBA's major headlines with the help of our local experts. Follow Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so, Andy, Friday... The Lakers, thankfully, no news dumps for the Lakers on Friday. They gave everybody the weekend off. But the Clippers had an event that is certainly uh, got the attention of Lakers fans and is sort of relevant to the Lakers. They broke ground on their new arena. It's going to be called the Intuit Dome, which I always think is weird for an arena. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be it's, it's domes or stadiums, arenas or arenas, but whatever. Call it whatever. whatever. I mean, look, man, every single one of these arenas and stadiums, domes, whatever the hell you want to call them, in the modern era of big-time moneyed naming rights, they all sound stupid. Like every single one of them. So does the Clippers building sound stupid? Yes. But you know what else sounded really stupid in like 1999? Staples, Staples. Center. Right. It's it, it, like you, it's, it's gotten to the point like where sometimes these buildings and Staples is one of the only buildings that hasn't changed names like 14 times. You kind of forget what it is, like who the sponsor is. Like it's an office supply place. It's like literally like where you go get Staples and paper Man, and stuff. You and I live in Los Angeles. I'm telling you right now. I, whatever company it was that plunked down that money for the Coliseum naming rights, good for them. I'm sure they no crunched the numbers. No they know what they're doing. No clue what it's called. Don't care. We'll never call it anything other than Coliseum. Right. And SoFi is going to be forever SoFi. And somebody's going to come along in 15 years and they're going to change the name and still gonna, everybody's going to call it SoFi. Yeah, but anyway, so the new building down in Inglewood, the renderings are gorgeous. It's going to be a beautiful building, a couple billion dollars of his own money that Steve Ballmer is plunking down for it. Um, lots of different things to get into, um, uh, including like, there are some real impacts, um, I think for the Lakers and what will eventually become of that rivalry between the Lakers and Clippers. Um, but I think the, the first place to start is just the production of it, because <laughs> if you ever wanted a contrast, and it's, I'm going to say, I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's, it's going to sound condescending and it kind of is certainly don't mean in a good way. I know what's right. coming. If, if you ever wanted a contrast between how the Lakers operate and how the Clippers operate aesthetically, I'm not talking about the quality of the, the executives, but I'm just talking about the messaging and the branding that gets put out there. Um, we got it on Friday. I mean, that was that was the most balmery uh, event that I think you could possibly stage with cheerleaders all over the place, Clipper Darrow flying around and the stupid condor flapping everywhere and synth pop and players looking at this and the famous meme now of Kawhi Leonard face, which is going to be everywhere for everything in all eternity. Um, just 
aghast at how cheesy the whole thing was. You had LeBron chiming in to make fun like and, uh, and laugh at Kawhi's reaction to the whole thing. I mean, it was it was all out there on display. Well, I mean, <laughs> to be fair to Kawhi and Paul George, who have been captured so much just sitting there, arms folded, looking bored as the band was playing. In this one moment, if you watch the entire Clippers section, Steve Ballmer actually isn't reacting either. Like every <laughs> every single person other than one person, there's one, I don't know who it is because uh, this person's wearing a mask, but they're clapping along, probably worried they're going to get fired if right, they don't. Exactly. <laughs> Very concerned. That, that Look, if, I was at that, if I was at that press conference, I would have been up there. Oh, I would have been dancing. Kidding? Like, I, I'd whatever you my, need, Steve. I'd have whipped my shirt off. I'd have had a lighter whatever, out. Whatever you got to do. <laughs> I'd have been yelling, Freebird, like whatever, man. But like, if you watch, if you watch them, everybody seems kind of aware that the whole thing is ridiculous. Um, the, the band that's playing, by the way, Fits and the tantrums, <laughs> like they may they got be, both. I mean, sometimes you can only get fits or the tantrums, but you, it's hard to get them both. They may be a perfectly great band. They may be a band that if I heard more of their stuff, I'd actually really enjoy. You could not come up with a more stereotypical white indie band name. <laughs> like if that had been your if that had been your focus group goal. Like if you had put a bunch of white dudes in a room together, like that are music geeks at the coffee shop and said, right. come up with the band, the name of the band that you would start fits, like they'd come up with it. <laughs> well, it's, 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 so, it's funny, but it's like, you know, we've covered the Lakers for a very long time. The production value between the Lakers and Clippers has always been different. And get, getting into the fact that just the simple fact that the Lakers do the theater lighting inside Staples Center and the Clippers do not. It creates a very different in-game experience, um, and the Clippers don't do it. But when Steve Ballmer took over the team, and again, excellent. If I were a if I were a Laker fan, a, a fan of a team, I would want Steve Ballmer to be my owner. This is a lot of this is just aesthetics, but like, I, I it's as if he he got there and he's we all know hyper enthusiastic about everything. And the contrast became even more stark because I remember the first game I went to see after Ballmer took over the team. It's like they've got acrobats and this. And I, I picture him going to like the, like you know the, the the marketing people and the PR the, the in game entertainment guys. Okay, so Steve, we've got um, we've got the the Clippers cheerleaders. Um, we've got some acrobats that we come out. We've uh, we just we're inventing a mascot. We've got uh, some some jugglers, and he's like, great. What are we doing for the second time out? <laughs> it's like it's like he does all of these things at once. It is the most absurd. And the Lakers barely do anything in breaks. Whether the Laker girls come out, they they've gotten a little bit more liberal about like in season contests and stuff like that. But generally speaking, the Lakers are super low key. It's the Laker girls and that's about it. And so when you get used to that, it's, um, it, it, it it's, it's, it, it, and you like it like I do, you laugh at the Clippers, but it's also, I think cultural. And this is something that Balmer got. <laughs> they're into. one big old t-shirt gun, <laughs> the Clippers. Oh, I mean, it's like, it's, it's a, it's cannons and they're firing them everywhere. And so it's, it's in the, in the condor and all it's insane. And, but it, it gets to sort of the cultural thing where, and this is what I think is fascinating about Balmer and this relationship between the Lakers and Clippers, and Balmer's talked about this on Friday. I still don't feel like they know what they want to be totally. Like, do they want to kind of poke the bear and compete directly with the Lakers and take them on directly, or do they want to sort of ignore them and build their own brand? And all? The, and I, I think both of those things are are constantly on display with the Clippers all the time. It's like, and it happened again on Friday. 
Yeah, uh, Steve Ballmer, when talking about um, their their new identity, essentially in you know having this building in Inglewood, which quite frankly they desperately needed. They needed to get outside of Staples Center. Like I understand why you don't want to have your home games in the shadow of 17 banners and all these retired numbers and knowing you don't have anything close to that type of history. And there are other little things which we'll get into in a a, a minute, but yeah, the banners just from a basketball. Sure. I mean, as, as embarrassing as some of the efforts the Clifford's have made to cover that stuff up or to remove it, like, you know, when you have the, like the human, literally the human tapestries of different uh, members of the Clippers, giant, you know, Austin like in rivers covering, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, three through 10, 25 foot tall, Matt Barnes is not going to make me forget <laughs> where I am. You know, if I am, uh, if I'm either the Lakers or I'm an opponent of the Clippers and, and, or you're a fan of the Clippers. And again, all of this makes sense. This is something the Clippers really needed. But that being said, you know, there's this quote from Steve Ballman said, I've never been in a place where you had two teams in a town. I grew up in Detroit. Everybody's a Pistons fan. And I think that for enough years, the Clippers were bad enough. Everyone could just ignore the Clippers. That is true. We're now good and we're going to be good year in, year out, which, by the way, they, they probably will be for a while. We're going to build our own building, more of our own identity, more of our own personality. And I think some of the fans on the other side, if you will, it's like, what? You dare question our supremacy? No, we do. There's 30 teams in the league. There's 29 others. And we got one that happens to be based in LA. And we've got our fans. We use our expression LAR way. And we're building our own presence, identity. And if the other guys feel a little threatened, the other guys' fans, I mean, the players are actually a little different deal. But if they feel threatened, that's okay. It means we're doing good. Brian, there is a lot yes. to unpack Let's, from that and let's do that because there's the fan thing there's the and then there's the practical basketball impact here the franchise i mean the franchise thing yeah all of it all of which is very relevant and potentially quite exciting i think for la basketball generally um and so we'll do that next locked on lakers brought to you by sweat block there are a few things in life they're just not fun to talk about and one of them is excessive sweating like when you are just sweating through your shirts and your entire wardrobe for no particular reason. It's nice outside. You're in air conditioning. That is embarrassing. I don't have to worry about that. So that's why you you look like Andy at that point. Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer needs this product. Yes, he does. Is a sweater. Yes, he. Oh my! I had never thought about it before, but my God, he should. Frankly, he should be buying into the company. (laughs) (laughs) That's why. That's why I use and Steve Ballmer should Should use use. sweat block and perspirant wipes. Man, just spent two billion dollars on an arena. He could just buy this company. He was sweating his ass off during that groundbreaking. It's stronger. It's more effective than most clinical antiperspirant. <laughs> apply it at night before bedtime. Next morning, you wake up, you wash. If you're Steve Ballmer, you scream until your face is all red. Then you go about your day without worrying about sweat sweating. Sweat not their title sponsor. <laughs> the jersey. Uh, I, I mean, I guess if there's anybody worried the product just isn't strong enough for him, it would be Steve Ballmer. But I promise you, man, it is. No, you're, you're, I mean, I know how you do this, Reed. You're going to get to this part about the firefighters and all that no, kind of no, stuff. No. You just say, test it on Steve. Steve Ballmer, if it was yes. on him, it is, yeah. I mean, forget Look, the firefighters. And once or Ray. twice a week, Mr. Ballmer, <laughs> and stay dry the high, entire time, oh, or not, not that this matters to you, but your money back. 
<laughs> doesn't work to get your money back. Money you won't even realize you spent, but still you want it back on principle. So there's no mm -hmm. more pit stains, no more picking out your shirts or your wardrobe based on what hides the sweat better. As Brian said, this stuff is tested by firefighters. If it's good enough for firefighters, it probably <laughs> will work for Steve Ballmer. So check out, check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20 Sweatblock with when, when they, like they get the order from Balmer, they're like, no. I was going to say, I hope we're not putting sweat block in a difficult position. Like they're hearing this now going, Jesus, guys, don't do this. Get it for 20 <laughs> the best breed of all time in the world. <laughs> Yeah, we just lost Sweatblock. Get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon CVS. I'm just going to breeze right through. Uh, direct TV here. <laughs> Does this sound familiar to you, Andy? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment. You <laughs> makes me sweating, that. man. I freak out. <laughs> Great way to use it's tense. It's tense. <laughs> it's very tense. <laughs> get your TV together. It's called direct tv stream brings your live tv and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies shows all in one place it means no more juggling remotes no more need uh, to buy another device ever again the best part there's no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more about uh, about it at directtv.com that's directtv.com a compatible device is required and content varies by package i also i mean never know like some people i think are oled they like to say oled or oled um, I, I, I don't know where to, where I come down on that one. So I kind of just do both. Um, anyway, so the Clippers, where do you want to start with this? You want to go back to the, the fan thing or the franchise thing? I know you had some, some thoughts. Um, what I think is interesting about this with the Clippers is they are, they are definitely in a place now where they're really good and they are carving out their own identity by virtue of just being a better franchise, being, you know, being a quality team. You know, they've got now two superstars in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, whatever verbiage you want to use for yeah, Kawhi does, if Kawhi's not hurt this year, the Clippers are a legit Western conference. Right. Contender. And no but I meant I meant more like in terms of all-star versus superstar versus sure, blah, right. blah 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 blah. You're talking right. about two all NBA caliber players. That makes you really damn good. Mm -hmm. And they've got two of those guys. And they play well together, and the Clippers are built to be good right now. They are credible, all of that. And the reality is, whether or not they carve out a space in Los Angeles in terms of the consciousness of this city, or that doesn't happen, they are definitely creating an identity. And that should be the number one goal. I think it is the number one goal, yet... They just can't seem to help themselves when it comes to trying to poke the bear and take shots at the Lakers that are largely unsolicited, but I think even more so largely unwise and leave you very susceptible to being Sideshow Bob stepping on the rake. Mm -hmm. And just slamming that rake into your Street face. Streetlights versus spotlights, for example. Sure. Or just what Steve Ballmer just said. In, in talking about the building when he when he says that you know this maybe this rubs some laker fans the wrong way you know what he may actually be right but until you actually have i don't know a finals appearance much less a title much less multiple titles 
it just sounds stupid to say whether it's correct or not, right. whether because it's I, correct I or not is irrelevant. I, I do agree with him that I think there is a cross section. It's, it's impossible to know how big it is. I mean, look, Lakers fans enjoy, especially now that the Clippers are good and there's a legitimate rivalry developing inside the city uh, from a basketball standpoint. The Lakers fans will absolutely, this is what happens. It's a good thing for the Clippers, by the way, that the Lakers fans care enough to bother. But, um, you know, that, yeah, the, 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 yeah there's this cross section of Lakers fans. I don't know how big, who are a little bit threat. They protest too much, I will say. Like when they say they don't care about the Clippers, they don't care what they do. They care a little bit. Um, and you know, you, you don't want care. The they're good. Right. You don't <laughs> you want the Clippers care. to be better than the Lakers, and you're a Laker fan, and you shouldn't want that, like you say. But it's there's zero currency in Balmer talking about it. Just go try to win. And that's I think where they struggle and where the Lakers fans, where the Lakers, I think, do so much better is in style in terms of style versus substance. The Clippers have done substance, I think, pretty well. And it's hard to argue with the the what they've done building the team. They drew Kawhi here. They drew Paul George. Um, they've built a good team. They got Ty Lue. They, like, they've, they've been, they are a good team. And like you say, are going to stay that way. And this building will will help with that. But style-wise, you can't, you can't force these things. It's like when Kobe tried to name himself Vino. Like it's what it was a rare misstep, like from Kobe. It's like you can't, you don't get to give yourself your own nickname. Or I was going to say a more tragic example. Everybody thinks Sasha Vujicic gave himself the nickname the Machine. He didn't. No, no. he actually didn't give himself that nickname. But through a bad game of telephone, everybody thinks Sasha gave himself the nickname, which is. No disrespect to Sasha, a ridiculous nickname for Sasha Vujicic. And the poor guy got stuck with something he didn't ask for. Right. It's in the same way that Marcelo Huertas, um, like it's a deep cut for Lakers fans. Um, what was but his? One, oh, he's the catalyst. He's the catalyst. <laughs> he's the catalyst. <laughs> Very deep cut for Lakers fans, but one that is 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 undoubtedly a favorite. The ones but who I, know, know. That's right. But like, you know, what I think is is interesting about this, or one of the things that's interesting about this is like over time, and the Clippers are supposed to move into this building in the 24-25 season, so three years after the one we're going to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a little bit of time. Both of these teams could be in kind of a transition point based on their rosters and the age and options and this all this stuff so it's it's hard to know exactly what it's going to look like but the clippers 100 will benefit from being in their own building little things scheduling um you know the clippers play 12 30 saturday games that they're not going to have to play they're the third tenant at staples center they're the first and only tenant that matters um at you know at intuit and they're going to be everything that everything that gets scheduled there whatever concerts whatever second teams whatever it's all going to start with the Clippers and they'll fill it. <laughs> they're never going to get bumped for fits in the tantrums. They are not. Um, but the other thing they're not going to get bumped for is the Grammys. Um, and so like the weird scheduling that comes with that, like the Clippers won't necessarily have to have a Grammy trip. The Lakers will. Um, yeah. I don't know exactly what the NBA, how that schedules out and all that other kind of stuff. Um, you know, they're going to have the practice facility and their game facility. All that's, everything's going to be in one spot. That is something that players typically enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. Although the Clippers facility is nice. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm curious to see what happens to it. From a competitive standpoint, normally an open a, a building that opens is a huge boon to a team because it brings tremendous amounts of revenue. Um, and I don't, I, we can, you can argue about how much revenue, this, that, whatever. I think 
it may, that that may be the one thing that's slightly less impactful in this regard than maybe a typical new building like Milwaukee, for example, where the owners aren't Steve Ballmer, who's worth $108 billion. But it can't hurt to have new revenue and a cool new building. And they're a draw. And over time, like I think the one thing that Lakers fans, if they still think this, oh, Clippers are always going to clip. No, like th they are, I think it's fair to put them in there perpetually as a, team that is always going to be in contention there will well, be years where they're not in the same way that the lakers are going to have off years here and there but i think the clippers i would suspect most years are going to be a good team well the clippers may still clip moving forward you know that uh, clippers going to clip may be a thing between now and the end of time but as long as they're under balmer's stewardship and his stewardship remains the same it's not going to be because they are a shit show front office. It's going to be no. one of two things. Either A, stuff just happens sometimes. B, they will never remove the curse until they formally disassociate with Shelly Sterling, the wife of Donald Sterling, who they let off the hook a lot when it came to the whole transferring no. of ownership thing it's, away it, from Donald Sterling. She was uh, involved with a lot of the bad stuff oh, that the, Donald the image worked. rehab that she tried to pull off with that yes, whole thing. Yes. And you know, I've was she I as have, bad as him? Okay, no. Is she much better than him? Nope. Nope. She was Just right there step by step with every Google scummy step, Google yeah, yeah. Shelly Sterling landlord. Yep. Every scummy <laughs> health thing inspector that he did, you know, around this team, around his his real estate, all that stuff. She was there step right. for step. So I completely She's agree. their number one fan, Brian. She, <laughs> contractually. <laughs> no, like she it is. Is. Literally contractually. Contractually uh, I, with I, that mug. I think ultimately, though, this is, this is a good thing for the Lakers. It is a good thing for them to have in their city a, a franchise that pushes them, a building that pushes them. Um, and it's great for LA basketball. There's no question. It's great for the NBA, for the Clippers to have this this thing opening there. It will open up the Lakers, I think, to do different things with Staples Center and try to kind of keep reinventing that place to make it a, uh, an even better venue. And it's showing a little bit of age in different places. It's still a great place to, to, to go and watch a game and the downtown thing. But overall, I think this is it, it is a positive thing for the Lakers, even if it means year to year they could have a little bit more competition in the Western Conference. That was coming anyway, regardless of whether or not the Clippers were in Staples or a new building. Yeah, I mean, it, if there's any organization that could get away with complacency just due to institutional success, it would be this organization. For and sure. they've never been prone to that, so I don't think that's ever going to be a thing for them moving forward. It's just, you know, at the risk of sounding uh, cliched, it's just not how they're built. But that being said, it's always nice to have something nearby that will crank up that There's urgency incrementally. In the, in the same way, we saw, you know, Jeannie referring to Balmer's balls in the email. Yeah. Like, I mean, look, there is. There I mean, aware. there was a lawsuit going on that'll bring out a little bit of acrimony. They, but they are aware. And it, would, it oh, yeah. would annoy them more to have a three or four year stretch where the Clippers kept beating them than it would annoy them to have a three or four year stretch where the Warriors were beating them or mm -hmm. Utah was beating. They would not admit that, but I would not believe them when they when they would be lying. And so to have a, a, a team like the Clippers in position going forward 
to be even more competitive potentially than they are now, ultimately, I think is a, is a good thing for the Lakers, and it's great for basketball fans. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has a sub stack, Andy, and has said some... Of course he does. Uh, you know, has uh, had a, did an interview last week with, uh, might have been a little while ago, but whatever it was. It was with Mark Stein talking about some things that are relevant to player empowerment, to um, his place in history, to LeBron passing him uh, in potentially in the all-times point lists. All of this stuff fascinating because it's Kareem. We'll talk about it next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleepers realized fantasy basketball was broken. Games were won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. Made no sense, required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. And Game Pick Owners pick a single game each week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. So there's no more losing sleep because your opponent's players had more scheduled games to play in that week. That's all done now. No more giving up halfway through a season because the busy work of trying to account for that is an absolute hassle. In game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponents' defensive raking, pace of play, etc. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks have you covered. If you prefer building out a weekly strategy instead of daily busy work, because you may love fantasy basketball, but you also have, I don't know, a life, you're going to love game picks. So download the Sleeper app, start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Andy, uh, I, I want to let you know, I just turned 46 last week, and the days of rolling out of bed, just good to go, <laughs> um, or cooling down after a workout with any sort of intervention, those days are over. I get sore from like uh, obnoxiously basic stuff like sleeping. Um, so my wife and I, we actually have been using a Theragun for well over a year now, long before we started, uh, I started, you and I started hosting this podcast. But if you don't know the Theragun, it's a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension, use a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. It's quiet. It's not going to wake up the neighbors using this thing. And the gen four Theragun doesn't just feel good. It actually gets to the source of the pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy, which goes 60% deeper than just vibration alone. Um, Gen 4 of this there, I don't have a Gen 4, and the thing I got is great. The Gen 4, it's even better. Um, there is no substitute for it. The OLED screen and the uh, design make you feel like you're holding something from the future. It just go to their site, check it out. The Theragun app, uh, it learns from your behaviors. It suggests guided routines. Um, Theragun is trusted by over 250 professional sports teams uh, like Real Madrid, elite athletes like DeAndre Hopkins, Maria Sharapova, hundreds you of You after a workout. Me, me. I mean, I I don't know if I... I, I elite Yes. Yes, I am. Uh, mm -hmm. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. Therabody.com slash locked on. We'll tweet it out, the, the interview that he did with Mark Stein on Mark Stein's Substack, and you should definitely be subscribing to that if you're a basketball fan and you haven't. Um, he was asked about his feelings about uh, uh, LeBron passing him on the all-times points list. LeBron's like 3,000 points away or something like that. If he keeps playing, he's going to do it. And Kareem says he is 
cool with it. Um, I'm excited to see it happen. I don't, I don't see records as personal accomplishments, but more as human achievements. If one person can do something that's never been done, that means we all have a shot at doing it. It's a source of hope and inspiration. Roger Bannister broke the four minute mile back in 1954. Since then, we have not only had 1,400 runners beaten that time, but the new record is 17 seconds less. We all win when a record is broken. And if LeBron breaks mine, I'll be right there to cheer him on. Um, some people might accuse him of, of lying or whatever. I, I don't. I think he's 100% telling the truth about that. And I think the reason is he doesn't, he's not somebody who defines himself by just what he did as a basketball player. It's obviously deeply meaningful to him. He should be incredibly proud of it. He's arguably the greatest player that ever picked up the ball. But that's not the only thing that defines him. And that's one of the things that I think is just so cool about him. It's funny. I, I always refer to Kareem, and we'll, we'll get into this, I'm sure, later on in the show, the, the wise, but the goat of impressive people. Like, forget just like the idea of greatest of all time when it comes to the basketball debate. I just mean when it comes to people who are just wholly impressive when you look at the entirety of what comprises their life. Kareem may be the most impressive person I've ever seen. Right. But Written multiple books, producers of documentaries, oh, you know, arguably one of the greatest basketball players who ever lived. Like you start piling up these yes. achievements. Could he make a, a living, a, could make a living as a jazz historian. Yeah, he's, like a goat, the, he's a goat human. You were exactly right. right. But when you were talking about before, like the idea of him not defining himself in terms of his basketball records, and therefore you can buy into the sincerity of him being okay with LeBron breaking that record. And I happen to agree with you that you, that he is sincere. I don't doubt Kareem in all this. I think the reason you can buy into it is it gets reinforced by the idea that when the goat conversations do come up and God knows, I don't want to relitigate any of these Kareem does get kind of inexplicably left out of the starting point. He does. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're always framed with Jordan versus, you know, now LeBron or Jordan versus Magic. You know, there was a period where people were debating, you know, how close of proximity Kobe could have to it or whatever. But but Kareem, Kareem will get brought up by a lot of people reminding you he should be there or wondering why he isn't there. Yep. But, you know, so I, I think people sometimes bring up more of the why isn't Bill Russell there with the 11 titles if we're if we're counting rings than Kareem. And again, I'm not looking to get into yeah, where he right, should be. The but the point being, though, it makes it in some ways, I think, easier for Kareem not to define himself this way because he sees everything that he's done in basketball, which is staggering. And for some people, it still isn't enough. Yeah. So in that case, it becomes a little easier to say, F it, man. I got, yeah, all, I got all this other stuff. I got all this other stuff that's on my resume. But it's, it's my resume it's is incredible. The, it's one of the things that I think is a reason. And you know, you get older, I think, you know, Kareem is somebody for whom I think the world has evolved more to where Kareem was from a social um, you know, social commentary place, from a, you know, from a, sure. a social justice place. Like we have evolved towards him as opposed to Kareem somehow you know, seeing the light and being like, you know, so I think that helps too. It's like, we look at him differently. There's a little bit of a, a Muhammad Ali thing in there too, where eventually the world kind of moved towards him. I'm not saying they were the same personality while they were active in their sports, but just in terms of the evolution of how we think of them. Um, 
but like, you know, so I think that helps, but also I think it's part of the reason he's been able to uh, if soften is the right word, become more accessible, however you want to define it in his post career world is because he does have all of these other things. And I think, you know, he talks a lot about player empowerment uh, and the player empowerment era is a question that Mark Stein asks him. And certainly, you know, Kareem didn't live through that, but um, I, I think is an example of why somebody like Kobe, for example, did well, you know, post-career and was set to do very well. Kobe very obviously did not define himself solely as a basketball player um, and would have, I, and we were always surprised people, he's never going to be able to give it a hell yes, he is. You know, he's got plenty of other things to, to do and he's, you know, to be curious about and all that other stuff. And when I think the influence of Kareem, who talks about like generationally, it just all builds and it all builds and you always think you're not getting the, the, the stuff and then the next generation is going to come along and he says there'll be a day when LeBron and Steph Curry look back at it and say, I can't believe these guys have what we didn't. Um, but when it comes to player empowerment, that path from Kareem to other guys through Kobe into LeBron into Steph, I actually think there are going to be fewer guys, not none, but fewer who really struggle after their careers are over, both because they all have more money now than they did before, which helps. You know, you can make mistakes when you have $200 million to, to, in the bank, but also because guys are encouraged to be more than athletes now. And I, I don't think that is unconnected to a person like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, even in their, in their post-career. Like he says, these things all kind of build on themselves. And um, I, don't, I, I, think it's, I think it's cool that you can kind of draw that line. I do at least. Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you were mentioning how societally, in a lot of ways, we've evolved more towards Kareem's position when it comes to certain issues. Because Kareem, very early in his career, was you know an outward front-facing social activist, and you know he caught some heat for that. You know, certainly changing his name from Lou Alcindor to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did not please everybody. I think it's nope. fair to say, and things evolved towards him. But also, I think it's important. Um, Kareem also evolved, like in, in terms of, in terms of the humanity that he was allowing people to see in him as a person. Like I, I remember when you and I first started covering the Lakers for the LA times, and this was for the 2005, 2006 season, the first long form interview that I did for that LA times blog. And really it was the first like long form published interview I'd really ever done before was with Kareem. Like I got like a 30 to 40 minute sit down with Kareem, which just side note, intimidating as shit. Yes. I mean, you want to talk about just being frightened at the prospect of how am I going to hold this human being's attention for a half hour and change. But he talked about how, you know, he paid a price, a lot of it self-inflicted for the adversarial relationship that he had with media. And, you know, it was easy at the time to be a little bit suspicious that some of this was Kareem trying to do damage control because he very outwardly wanted to go into coaching. And no question. For reasons that felt inexplicable, Kareem had no luck whatsoever it's, it's getting the, onto the staff. It's the residue of his career. I think that's right. exactly and, what the explanation was. And, you know, it, however cynical people may have been about that in the beginning and how accurate that cynicism might have been. What I think has been demonstratively true since then 
is what we're seeing now is genuine. And Kareem seems to enjoy showing off these sides of himself mm-hmm. in ways that weren't always evident before. And it's also a reminder, just people evolve generally, or they should, and things evolve. And like the idea of trying to keep things static and keep it all in a box so it never evolves, it's pointless and it's a waste of time. Like, you know, like the people who sit around debating, like, oh, could this guy play in this era? What, like, why do you care? Who cares? who cares? Like, I mean, really, why do you care? Like, there's nothing wrong with nostalgia. Everybody right. and gets it's, nostalgia. And, like, and if you treat it, if you treat these questions like fun. Sure. Then, but like people, not everyone does that. People are right. very serious about the like, answers to these questions. I mean, before I go, like when, when I was thinking about these comments from Kareem and, and the way he's encouraging people just to accept the fact, you know, and that things change, whether they're, whether they're in sports, whether they're Kareem's records, whatever. Like I know you and I've talked about before that there's a lot of modern music that you and I just don't dig. And we just think that a lot of modern music hasn't been particularly good. I I don't. Yeah. I've, I've actually, right. I don't, I don't. And as somebody who grew up, you know, just obsessed with music and spent, you know, a lot of time, like in the, like my mid to late thirties, like that, that can be a bummer. I've actually been learning some new music through my 10 year old daughter mm-hmm. and some of it's actually really good. And like, there's, there's a fun that comes with new discovery. Like I, I really enjoy her commandeering, you know, the, the music on the way to taking her to school and her introducing me to like Mitski or Jack Stauber, or these people I'd I don't never heard of. It, well, you know what? Check them out. Check out Mitski. Uh, she's this Japanese like folks. Are they like fits in the stressies or whatever they're called? Or? I, you know what? I fits in the, fits in the in tantrums. The I don't, I don't tantrums, know, yeah. but like Mitski's this kind of, she reminds me a bit of Fiona Apple, or like that sort of thing. Jack Stauber's got like some new waves and talking heads to him and it's cool. And like, it, I would only be having this really enjoyable discovery if I was open to it. So, and, it, and it actually, this came to mind when I was thinking about some of the stuff Kareem said. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, it's just a matter of like, I, I, some of it's just sort of bandwidthy, but of like course. what I try not to do is just be like, that isn't, that isn't what I grew up with and therefore it's not good. It's, mm-hmm. I have no idea what it is. It could be good. I just don't know. Um, and I think that's just, just that is, is a way, it would be a helpful way for people to look at sports, um, mm-hmm. to say, I don't know. Like I, I'm unfamiliar with that era. I'm unfamiliar with how that worked. Uh, but anyway, so a lot to uh, to get to this week. We'll see if the Lakers do anything with that 13th or 14th roster spot. Uh, trying to set up some good interviews for later in the week. So plenty to come as the Lakers inch closer to training camp. Thanks for everybody stopping by. See you next time.